The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee, and a crowd followed him, because they saw signs he was performing on the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish feast of Passover was near. When Jesus raised his eyes, he saw the large crowd was coming to him. He said to Philip, Where can we buy enough food for them to eat? He said this to test him, because he knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred days' wages worth of food would not be enough for each of them to have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people recline. Now there was a great deal of grass in that place. So the men reclined, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were reclining, and also as much of the fish as they wanted. When they had their fill, he said to his disciples, Gather the fragments left over, so that nothing will be wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve wicker baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that had been more than they could eat. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This is truly the prophet, the one who is, co- who is to come into the world. Since Jesus knew that they were going to come and carry him off to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Just one word of note. Uh, one thing I, I found out is Anna Maria, uh, who's a choir director, who's at the other masses, not at this one, right? Because it's a, a simpler mass. Uh, but she leaves up all the numbers for all the different songs. But what uh, I want to point out that's useful for us is actually the top number that she puts on there is actually for the readings. So if uh, ideally um, one of the options is to grab a word among us uh, from the entrance, and that has all the readings for daily mass as well. But one of the other options for the Sunday Mass, if you're in the pew and you'd like to follow along with the words to be able to hear and see, um, it uh, is 1158 in the Gather Hymnal. The one, there's two different red books, but the one with the red cross. And if you go to 1158, it's going to be the 17th Sunday, year B, uh, which is what we're on right now. Um, and we're kind of reading through. Um, this is uh, what I'm trying to do uh, throughout this. Uh, if you were here yesterday, you kind of heard last or Last week, you would have heard last week's homily, um, but what I'm trying to do is, is a series. So what's beautiful about the lectionary is that it often does go in some sort of order. And so what I'm, gonna, what I'm focusing on uh, over the next, over a nine-part series, we're on day two, or we're on weekend two um, of, of nine, is focusing on the bread of life. So last week was the start of the Gospel of Mark. Mark, right before it jumps into the feeding of the 5,000 in the gospel according to Mark. However, today, I don't know whether you noticed, it wasn't the gospel of Mark. We actually jump into the gospel of John for the feeding of the 5,000. However, the feeding of the 5,000 within John includes not only the feeding of the 5,000, but also this whole bread of life discourse that Jesus gives that we're going to be hearing over the next few weeks, right? So today we heard about the feeding of the 5,000. And 
uh, we're going to be going into the Bread of Life, but this is part of the Bread of Life series, uh, which will be including the Bread of Life discourse. And so last week we talked about rest, the way in which the Bread of Life, the Eucharist, uh, desires to give us rest. Um, even though, and, and that it's meant to recreate us. It's not supposed to be something that just drains us or an obligation or something that we have to get over, but it's in something that God has given us to give us rest, okay? That he has pity on us. And this, this entire mass, the bread of life, is meant to give us rest. What I'd like to talk about today for part two is cooperation, God desires cooperation. He does not work alone. He can work alone, uh, and he does when he needs to, but he desires our cooperation. And so what does that mean? Well, one of the interpretations of the feeding of the 5,000, which I'll put forward as as a bad interpretation, is kind of an idea of kind of a more naturalistic understanding, where Jesus brings out the best in us. So really, the feeding of the 5,000 wasn't really a miracle because Jesus doesn't work miracles, but instead was just an opportunity of generosity. He showed generosity and then everybody else around them showed generosity. So the idea is like everybody was hiding their bread and fish. And then after Jesus shared a little bit, they're like, oh, I can share too. And all of a sudden, everybody shared their bread and then there was more than enough. However, that doesn't really fit with the text. The text make it pretty clear that there's something more than just ordinary. If it was just people sharing their own bread, they wouldn't have wanted to carry him off to make him king. He wouldn't have looked at them and had pity on them and said, what are we going to do, right? Philip, his answer would have been, well, they can just eat their own bread, right? We know that everybody else, we know that they already have food, so why would we feed them when they can take care of themselves, right? That would have been the response. So it doesn't really fit with the story. And we can sometimes, sometimes try to naturalize it. But instead, what we see is that God works miracles. He works beyond the natural. He works in ways in which uh, is beyond what we can understand within the natural world, right? And that's actually what God intends to happen here. However, he also requires our cooperation, What we heard actually a few weeks ago in the Gospel of Mark is he goes to the town of Nazareth. And the faith, the cooperation is so lacking in the people of Nazareth. The faith is so lacking that he is only able to work a few miracles. Because the people aren't bringing anything to him. They expect him to work and to do things, but they have no faith. They have no openness to him. And I think that's also true for us Catholics a lot of the time as well, is that we expect God to sometimes do, but we don't really buy in at all. We we don't have any faith. We don't cooperate. We don't really bring anything to the table, and we just expect God to do everything. Well, that's not the way in which God wants to work. We see that God can create out of nothing, right? That he created the heavens and the earth. He created light. He created man out of the dust of the earth, right? He creates. He can create by himself, and he does. But when Jesus came and walked this earth, he revealed God's plan for us, for the world. And part of his plan is our cooperation with him. 
And how do we see it, especially in this feeding of the 5,000? Well, he goes to Philip and he says, hey, what are we going to do? How can we uh, feed all these people, right? How can we buy? And, and Philip, and he, it says to test him. Now, this test, we, when often we hear the term test, what do we think of? We think of a third grade math test, right? And we're just uh, thinking so arbitrary, just completely arbitrary. Either you get it right or wrong, and that's it. But what we should be thinking about when God tests is that it's not an arbitrariness of a test. What it is meant to do is to test in a way in which it, it furthers and grows and pushes someone beyond their normal limits, right? So he's testing. He's pushing Philip to be able to push him, uh, hopefully, towards a greater amount of faith, right? And Philip doesn't have an answer and Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, right? Simon Peter is often kind of uh, jumps out, right? He sometimes puts his foot in his mouth. He, he says a lot of stuff. Well, Andrew, his brother, who also kind of in this instance kind of blurts out, uh, it, it's kind of funny. He's like, well, there's a boy here with five barley loaves, but what good is it for so many, right? He gives it, and then he discounts it at the same exact point. But that small amount of cooperation, that small amount of bringing, the childlike faith that brings and Andrew helps facilitate that, even if he doesn't have the perfect faith, right? But he, but he has a certain amount of faith, right? He brings that to Jesus, even imperfectly in the midst of it all. And Jesus says, that's enough, right? We'll work with that. And he takes it and he breaks it and gives thanks and hands it out, right? And it's this cooperation, this little bit, this imperfect bringing to Jesus, which is able, able to feed the 5,000, which is able to do so much more than that child's faith, that child bringing forth and to be able to distribute it by himself, he would have only been able to feed a few people. But bringing that small gift to Jesus multiplies it and bestows and blesses it upon people who are not involved to a certain degree, Right? And so what does that kind of help us uh, and remind us for um, ourselves uh, in the midst of that all? Well, when we come here to the Eucharist, we can sometimes take an approach as a spectator, right? Um, I always think it's funny, you know, a lot of people... Um, well, there's a lot in the Catholic news right now about Latin Mass or, or different things. You know, some people are for Latin, some people don't like it. But I always, I always kind of make a joke. It's like a lot of the time I feel like the priest, uh, I, I speak English, you know, at this Mass, but it might as well be Latin in terms of how many people actually understand what I'm saying or what I'm praying, right? Uh, the opening prayer. Does anybody even remember what I said? You know, does anybody, you know, did you, did you actually hear it? A lot of the times we can kind of be spectators and almost not really take it in, right? We're kind of just listening, except we're not even really listening. We're not engaging, right? And ideally, the vernacular, the English, is supposed to help us so that we can engage, right? And we can do that in many different ways. And of course, the most important way is not just the engaging of listening, but is engaging of prayer, right? That's the most important thing. I always kind of talk about it. Um, the homily is actually the lowest point of the Mass, it's actually, uh, we should not gauge Mass and how good it is, although often people do, right? Oh, that was a good Mass. The homily was good. Well, 
that wasn't the Mass, right? That's not what the Eucharist is. That's not why we come. We don't come for a good homily. Even if there isn't a homily, there's something so much more here. The homily is only supposed to help explain all the other important parts. The Word of God that comes before. And the Eucharist, the bread of life which comes after. The homily is meant to connect that and explain it. The homily is the servant to the rest of the liturgy. The rest to help you to be able to engage in prayer, to be able to help you to cooperate in the midst of it all, right? So we don't want to see the Mass as just something of somebody else takes care of it, right? Sometimes we can see it as just, well, it's something that God does, or it's something that the priest does. Well, certainly we can say that God is the primary actor here, right? It's a representation of the holy sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit and all offered to the Father. So it is an act of the Trinity here. And that's the primary actor. That's the one who it, all the grace comes through um, and, and the midst of it all. However, just like the multiplication of the loaves, God does not want to do it alone. And so he has a priest stand in the person of Jesus Christ, who stands on behalf and mediates between God and and man, right? However, it's not a complete mediation of you being completely separated from God, but instead, in your baptism, you are also baptized as a priest, prophet, and king. You are made a child of God. And so there is a certain amount that even though that the priest stands up here and mediates and functions in a specific way, you also are able to communicate and talk to God as well and bring your gifts to him directly in this Mass, in cooperating with it. And so when we see this, this isn't supposed to be a spectator sport. This isn't supposed to be us. We are not the 5,000 that are reclining back and saying, God, work something for me, right? Jesus, say something important, right? Feed me. Instead, we're supposed to be that child brings what we have to offer to the world. I think it's really important for us to understand that this feeding of the 5,000 is not about the feeding of the 5,000. The miracle that God works is not about just feeding the belly of the 5,000. What does he want to feed? He wants to feed their soul. When they are fed in their belly, they want to carry him off and make him king because they took care of them. And Jesus kind of runs away from that because he realizes that that's not what he wants, right? And I think to a similar degree, we can sometimes approach the Mass as just wanting to be fed in a natural way, right? I just want to feel good about myself. I just want to walk away and feel good. Well, that's not the primary point of why we're here. We're here to worship God. God. We're here to bring our gifts in thanksgiving, our little bits that we have, our insignificance, our inability to be able to feed, but we bring it all and we unite it to Jesus's gift to the Father. And in that, multiply it and make it an abundant gift of supernatural means. Jesus works this throughout his entire uh, life. Uh, We see this in some of his other miracles, the wedding feast of Cana, right? 
He could have created wine out of those empty vessels, but instead he has the servants go and fill them up with water and then takes ordinary water and makes it wine. He takes people who are broken, who are sick, and when they come with faith, he heals them and heals their body and soul. He forgives their sin. Jesus here, we bring ordinary bread and wine. We bring an ordinary priest. We bring our ordinary prayers. And in that, by ourselves, is not enough to do anything. But with Jesus and bringing it to him, he blesses and makes it abundant. He makes it life-giving. So let us be open to the supernatural miracles that God works here every single Sunday, that God desires us to participate in. God desires our cooperation. He wants us here. He wants us to cooperate with the plan that he has.